Hey, welcome back to another episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. My name is Nathan Resnick, your host. And today we're joined by Toby from Everboost. Toby, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me, Nathan. Really excited to record this. So I'm on your website right now. You focus on retention for health and wellness brands. Retention is top of mind for pretty much everyone I know in e-commerce because CPAs have gone up quite a bit since COVID. I'm curious, give us a lay of the land, what you're seeing right now when it comes to retention. How are you optimizing retention for some of the brands you work with? Let's start there and maybe dive into some more data-driven metrics that you're seeing. Yeah, cool. So I think, like you said, obviously with CPAs rising, and and you know overall costs of ads increasing and brands already turning to retention um and you know whilst the old ways of email marketing that they, they used to work now it has changed massively it's not just a case of you know batch blast sending and everyone gets the same sort of messaging um so really now i think the big thing that brands need to focus on and are starting to is zero party data so this is sort of information about that that customer that's unique to them that they willingly give to you. So it could be their pain points, their motivators, challenges, things along those lines. And really using this information in your messaging to make it targeted to that person, um, as opposed to, uh, like I said, this this general messaging. Um, because retention, obviously, as a brand scales, is, is far more important than just pumping money into ads all the time. Um, so really that is the main way that, that retention marketing is going, it is focusing on getting as much data around each individual as you can and really leveraging it in, in all your, your campaigns. So let's dive into that. How do you go about getting as much data as possible, right? Are we talking about kind of data tools like a triple whale where you're kind of trying to understand your, your, your pixel and metrics, or is it more so around, hey, what is the demographic of this site visitor? Where are they located? What is their you know, age group? What kind of data are we actually trying to decipher and get? And then I guess the follow-up question to that is, you know, how do we best organize and categorize that information to make it most relevant to retention? Yeah, of course. So the things like the demographics and what have you, that's more like the first party data. Um, people don't, you know, necessarily, you, you can find this out with all the tracking pixels. Um, but the zero party data, you, you know, I think the biggest place to start is your email collection pop-up or your, your SMS collection pop-up. So rather than just having, say, you know, first name, email address, give us those and we'll give you the discount. Something we like to do is just email address and then you can test, you know, one, two, three questions, see how it affects the conversion rates. And like I said, these can be questions around, you know, who are you buying for? What, like, what is the reason you know, you're buying? Um, and like I said, pain points, challenges, motivators, um, because really, you know, when the message resonates and is targeted to them, that's what's going to make them make the purchase not you know, a 15% discount that, or 10% discount that every brand is, you know, offers nowadays. Make, makes sense. And then when it comes to actually, you know, using this data to convert a customer or extend LTV, how do you go about doing that? Do you kind of create more of a customized email flow to follow up with them of saying, hey, I saw you, you know, are a lifter and you want to have a powerlifting supplement, and, you know, this is what you should be taking because these other power lifters are taking this supplement. I mean, you know, do you kind of create then a more customized flow for them after you have that zero party data or how does that kind of actually go about? What are the kind of dynamics behind that? Yeah, exactly that. So whether it's, you know, 
products unique to their challenges, their goals, or reviews that you know actually highlight these things. So someone could say, you know, I started here before I used the product, and now I'm here, and really take them, future-based them, um, what what they can expect to see. Um, so those are the two big ones, really. Uh, and within the flows, you can use, you know, without getting too technical, like show hide logic and, and various different conditional splits um, to really, you know, send messages that are tailored to that person. Um, so that's really where where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck for the zero party data is actually slightly tweaking that messaging um, to really involve that data. And are you just saving this zero party data like in your kind of email or SMS provider, like a Postscript or Klaviyo or whatever it may be, or is this kind of saved within your own internal database and then linked back into whatever provider you're using? Yeah, so it's all safer than Clavio. It's just a case of creating these custom profile properties um, and then assigning the values to them. And then you can create various segments um, within the ASP to obviously have these these different audiences that send the necessary emails. Got it, got it. Let's talk a little bit about Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I know it's coming up. This will probably be released a little bit after that. But just curious, you know, what's the pulse that you're seeing with the brands that you work with? You know, how are they approaching uh, Black Friday, maybe in a different way than last year, the years prior when, you know, people were really buying a lot online during COVID, you know, what's kind of strategy going into Black Friday this year? Yeah, so surprisingly, a lot of brands are quite hesitant to hold anything at all. I don't know whether that's because, you know, you know their profits are, are slimmer, so they, they want to avoid that. Um, but I think for the large part, it is mostly mostly the same. Um, with you know site-wide discounts um, and then having these exclusive discounts for email subscribers or SMS subscribers um, and something that I, we like to say with you know any Black Friday sale money or any big holiday sale that you run is always have you know one or two emails before the actual sale saying look we're going to be running a sale just click here to opt out if you don't want to get them because that, the worst thing that can happen is you know you blast them with emails and they end up unsubscribing um, as opposed to just, you know, not getting these these specific emails. Yeah, I mean, talking about kind of blasting these emails, what is the optimal number of emails someone should be sending during a sale like this, right? Are we talking about, you know, four a day? Are we talking about, you know, three over the, the, the weekend? I mean, kind of what do you see in terms of actually, you know, number of emails that or SMS messages that should be sent to be an optimal number? I mean, walk us through maybe a, optimal flow that you've seen yeah so firstly before you even hit that holiday you know weekend or whatever it is especially with black friday cyber monday i'd say send a week before get ahead of the curve because you just know their inboxes are going to be flooded with emails from every other brand um, so give them that time beforehand to really scoop up these offers and make sure that you get the most out of your audience and then when it actually comes to this holiday sale it massively depends on you know who what your audience is. If it's an older audience, they're probably going to get a little bit annoyed with you know, sending loads and loads of emails per day. But if it's you know a younger audience, they're used to getting this this frequent communication from you. You can get away with sending more emails per day. So it does depend on your your strategy prior leading into Black Friday Cyber Monday. We personally like to send multiple per day, especially on Black Friday Cyber Monday, because like I said, it is a case of so many brands competing with each other so the more that you can send the better because chances are they're not going to see 
you know the first one or two emails or you know they might miss the second or third so there's i wouldn't say there's a there's an optimal strategy it is dependent on you and, and your audience mm-hmm. um, i would lean more into at least two um per day from friday saturday sunday and monday Makes sense. Let's talk about a little bit after the holidays, right? Because typically there's a little bit or a big lull in Q1 for these brands. Let's say, you know, I'm a brand that all of a sudden is acquired, you know, 25% of my customers are new during the holidays, right? So now I'm in Q1 or Q2, you know, these people have purchased from me once, they haven't purchased from me again. What kind of strategies would you implement in Q1 or Q2 to try to get someone to come back and make a, a repurchase? You know, I guess in health and wellness, it's mostly kind of, I would assume, subscription-oriented products. Um, but I guess, how would you get someone to continue to be a subscriber? Yeah, so obviously a lot of people over the, these holiday periods are just purely there for the discounts. Um, and you do have to expect some natural churn from that. And you know, maybe they don't unsubscribe from emails, they stick around. So the next Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you can hit them again with another sale. Um, but if you do want to try and keep on the majority of them, something that if is viable for your brand with you know profit margins, et cetera, is to actually extend, or not extend, but offer another discount of similar um, value to the original one. Now you've got them on that second purchase. Now they're they're invested in in your brand, so it's much easier to get them third purchase without these you know various incentives. So I'd say that is a big one. Really, is offer some kind of follow up incentive um, to get them on that second purchase. Makes sense. Are most of the brands you work with more subscription oriented? And if they're not, how have you seen brands navigate and and get their customers to become subscribers? Like if they buy something one off and they have a a, a potential subscription product. How have you seen brands, you know, really push customers to become subscribers? Yeah, so most that we we work with do have some kind of subscription offering. Um, there is one longevity based brand that is that is basically their, their entire business model. It's you know, various blood tests and, and personalized dashboards that all sort of fits into each other. Um, so their tactic is offer a big initial discount upfront on this personalized pack or subscription offer. So obviously most brands have some kind of incentive, whether it's 10% when you subscribe or, but this brand is 30%. So it's much lower commitment upfront. And then that second purchase is, you know, it sort of balances itself out. um, If you were to offer that, that smaller discount upfront. And then in terms of trying to get people from, you know, just these orders that they place themselves onto the subscription, it is a case of you know just promoting these in your emails where you can and actually in your post-purchase sequences again highlighting it really highlighting the benefits of getting on these programs as opposed to just saying oh check out or subscribe and save future patient you know potentially showing how much money they could save um and things like that makes sense what about on the aov front what what do you do or what have you seen done successfully to increase aov right because i assume LTV, you're not just referring to extending the lifetime of a subscriber, but also potentially, you know, increasing average order value. Yeah, totally. So an app that we love is, is Aftersell. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you heard of it, but it's, you know, these post-purchase upsells, in-cart upsells, the thank you pages, um, and you can create various different funnels based on specific products. That's something that we try and implement for most clients. Obviously, some, you know, they might be on other apps or they, they don't 
that you don't want to try it out. And if you can bump up that first average, first order average value as much as you can, um, it makes those ads. You potentially, you know, you're profitable, but you might even just break even. Um, and really, for those future purchases as well, it ties in. So that's what what we do mostly. That's awesome. Can you give us a maybe specific example of how you've helped a brand increase AOV? Like maybe before they were working with Everboost, they didn't have after sell and then you implemented after sell and all of a sudden, you know, their AOV is up by 30% or something, you know, I think it's just interesting because a lot of people hear about bundling, right. But they don't necessarily know how to put together a strong offer in a strong bundle, right. You know, how do you get someone to go from just purchasing one product to three or five or whatever it may be. So I'm curious how you've navigated with that uh, when a brand comes to you. Yeah. So talking of bundling, another, another app that, some some brands like to use it is Kaching bundles, which is great. It's it's plug and play, um, and it really highlights you know what you're saving when you buy you know two three whatever it is um, because any sort of maths that a customer has to do is just additional friction, and they're not going to place a purchase. And in terms of implementing after sale um, and, and the results that we've got, I can't think of the exact numbers off the off the top of my head, um, but there was a brand. With quite a low average average order value, um, around twenty five twenty five pounds, um, and I think we got it up to about thirty five, which obviously again it's still not not huge, but that ten pound on every first order, especially, makes a huge difference in the long term. Totally, totally. I mean, yeah, I mean that's like that's still like fifteen twenty percent increase, which is substantial over a long time, hmm. like you're saying. Well, Toby, thank you so much for coming on e commerce on tap. If people want to get in touch with you or learn more about Everboost, where can they find you? Yeah, so I think the best place is, is LinkedIn, really. It's Toby Chapman spelt with an I because my parents named me weirdly. I like it. So it's T-O-B-I Chapman on LinkedIn. I'm sure I'm sure if people search Toby Everboost, they'll be able to find you too. But Toby, Correct. thank you again for coming on e-commerce on tap, brought to you by Sourceify. And thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode. Yeah, cheers, Nathan.